0: Hello mortals of Eerie Fair, welcome to a time of magic and mysteries unveiled, where we'll be spilling all the tea and creating spells of understanding, calling upon our demons of old and conquering obstacles untold, where a fellow witch can put up her feet and the cauldron doesn't go be. We witches invite you all to the Hocus Brocas podcast.
1: Time for some mischief to be managed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to the first Hocus Brogus podcast. Um, the episode name is Meeting Your Bewitch- Bewitching Witches. Um, this is actually our second time recording it because we messed <laughs> up the first time when trying
0: to download it. So, yeah, here we go again. <laughs> it's a learning process. It's a learning process. So my name is Winnie and my sister over here's name is Sarah.
1: That's me. So we're going to start out by introducing ourselves
0: a little bit. Winnie, you can go first. All right. So I'm just going to tell y'all a little bit about me. I grew up here in the Erie area, right next to the Great Lakes. Um, Went to school around here, left for college, um, went to Penn State, came back. I ended up with a degree in communications marketing, but originally I went to school for environmental systems engineering. So I kind of did a little bit not kind of did. I did a 180 for sure there in my education. And um, that just kind of is a long sort of story, but we might be able to do a little podcast about uh, educational trips as a millennial witch. And uh, pretty much right now, I am an administrator full-time for the benefits. I do enjoy the job, and I own my own fitness business. So that's a little, uh, little bit of magical misty... Mystery backstory on Winnie. What about you, Sarah?
1: Um, I grew up outside of Pittsburgh, about forty-five minutes. So everyone in Pittsburgh says they're from Pittsburgh, but we're really actually usually not from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually quite a drive. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to Kent State University for public health, which I do not use at all, and sort of, kind of, almost minored in media, but I didn't have enough credits because they went online didn't have that option to, like, finish some of them. Well, my last two years were online. My first two years were there. But I wanted to buy a house with my boyfriend, so I moved to Erie. Oh, Where now I work for a government agency, and I own my own social media business. So, yeah.
0: I feel that's sort of the almost typical millennial story. Something that you're very passionate about. People encourage you to sort of monetize. And instead of it being a hobby that we all enjoy, we're encouraged to make it into a jobby where we can capitalize on our passions. And I think it's sort of sad because back in the day, you'd be able to enjoy your own hobbies and you wouldn't have to worry about making coin on it because your typical nine to five actually paid for that.
1: Yeah, I don't know, like it was a cho- like a choice on my end because I've had so many jobs that I just like absolutely hated. I would literally like come home crying. And so um when I worked at a local coffee shop that shall not be named, um
0: you <laughs> shall not be named, for <laughs> yeah. our HP, uh nerds.
1: Um I did their social media. So all the local businesses surrounding it asked me, "Oh, who's doing the social media?" And I was like, "Uh, me." So I kind of took over theirs and it went from there, um, which was pretty cool because basically I was sought out, not really, which makes it easier for me to um, get clients because I don't have to really go search for them. They just kind of come to me, which is nice.
0: But you have a good reputation that you actually built upon. It wasn't you going out and you saying how great you were. You showed how great you were and then they came to you because they saw how good of a job that you did
1: yeah I guess yeah I mean that's true obviously but it was just <laughs> it, it, it's, I don't know I feel like it's easier to start out everyone knowing you than starting out and you're like okay where do I go from here so I feel like I was lucky in that way that it kind of just happened and it wasn't no one forced me in fact some people
0: were kind of like hmm was that a job because they don't know social media is a thing so Oh yeah, that's kind of a pet peeve of mine now as I've gotten older. Because for those of you who don't know, I'm a 31 year old lady. Yeah, I'm a 25 year old lady. <laughs> so for us, we're sort of staunchly entrenched in the, excuse me, entrenched in the uh, millennial sort of generation. So we had to, and it was expected of us to quickly jump up and basically. Learn new social media as it progressed at lightning speed. We went from VHS, DVD, streaming service, downloading service.
1: Yeah, I actually went to. um, This is like kind of random, but I got a. My job is fairly new, and I wanted some, some chocolate really bad. And there are no stores around, except for there's a family video down the street.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I was, I walked down there getting my exercise while I go get my chocolate. And <laughs> <laughs> getting it in where you can get the yeah. steps. And um so I went in there, and I was, like, buying my snacks. And the lady was, like, oh, do you have an account with us? And I was, like, no, I've never been in a family video. And she was, like,
0: what? And I'm, like, yeah, it's 2019. Like, who
1: rents Ds anymore? But I guess it's, like, really popular in this area.
0: I think it's a nostalgia thing because I remember going to uh, this giant video store, which has obviously since been closed in the area, and it was an event. You went there, you got your popcorn, you walked around, you saw some of the previews on the TVs there, and you picked up the boxes and you read the back of the boxes. And my father used to take my youngest brother and myself there all the time, every Saturday, and we'd spend an hour there reading through the VHS stuff. We would spend, you know, that time kind of bonding with our dad because he was uh, very much into movies. Uh, he's a huge um, B-rated, C-rated uh, sci-fi, space kind of horror junkie. So for him, that was sort of a way to bond with us as kids. And now it's just streaming services. So instead of going out and making an event, it's just sit on the couch and put something on. So a little bit of like the magic of it was gone so I think that's why family video especially here in Erie stays alive because it does keep that sort of excitement of going and physically picking something up and making it a group event versus sitting down and just putting something on yeah I mean I guess that makes sense like
1: yeah it was the same thing for me like I don't know if you're I actually like got VHSs Oh, so did I. <laughs> like, and our local store, like, we didn't have a Blockbuster, um, but it was just, like, some local lady owned it. And they had, like, these – I remember they had these, like, tiny little squares on them because they didn't want to put the VHS in it because someone could steal mm-hmm. it. You I remember was like at- It was, like, a Velcro thing that you ripped off with a number, and then she had to, like, go through all these VHSs and find that number.
0: Oh, see. It was empty case in front of the VHSs in the back. And they were locked, and when you took them out, they had to put a little plastic piece in to open it. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. So if you tried to open it, if you stole it, you'd break the VHS. So everybody oh. lost. <laughs> Whereas if you went, they would unlock it for you, so you could utilize it. That's that's good. I like that. I was. Like, does anybody remember "Be Kind and Rewind"? Oh, see, um, barely
1: i like, <laughs> talking little to way. everybody here, Sarah. I'm just saying,
0: you like, sassy barely. witchy. <laughs> but now yeah, that we talked about VHS is like two old biddy sitting around the <laughs> cauldron.
1: Um, Do you want to talk a little bit um, more about your actual job
0: and what your duties are? Okay. So my job, my full-time job where I work sort of a standard shift, I'm lucky in that for the administrative purpose, Administrative position that I'm in, um, they do a little bit of flex hours. So, why they do expect me to be there between a certain time and a certain time, if I am working, let's say for example, I worked a 10 hour shift one day, I'm salaried. On Friday, if I finish my work early enough, which let's be honest, guys, if you're finished with work early, there's something that you forgot to do, I feel. At the end of the day, there's always something to be done, whether it's your business or professional or personal life. There's always something a little extra. You could throw on top a little bit of extra magic or eye newt that you could throw in that cauldron. But um, for me personally right now, I think it's good for where I'm at. I do enjoy it. I do a lot of uh, payrolling. I do bookkeeping. I do accounting. I do accounts receivable, accounts payable, um, handling the intra-office, um, external office sort of things, uh, Editing. I mean, anything you can think of when it comes down to what ha- occurs or happens in an office, I pretty much have a hand in. I even do a website administration, um, anything down to even a poster print media editing. So I do dip a little bit into the communications marketing background that I have, but I don't think it's overly much so versus where I went in college and I, that was my main sort of focus at the end. Does that make sense? Yeah, so basically, like I should have gone to college for like what you went for. <laughs> well, like I said, <laughs> originally I was environmental systems engineering. I was gonna be that green witch, but you know, money kind of. I mean, a we're roller. still green
1: witches. Yeah. I mean, we bring our own metal
0: straws everywhere with us. So speaking of metal straws, <laughs> sitting here with a metal straw. Save the turtles. Uh, <laughs> and a whoop! Ski ski, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not really. Visco girls, Visco, Visco girls. Yeah, I'm dating myself right now. I got called a Visco girl last week, and I had no clue what any of that meant. And Sarah over here explained that it was the new version of hipster.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is. And I mean, you kind of more like you're, just, but I think the, the Visco girl is more of an annoying version of the hipster. Maybe it's just because I was like, you know, like a stair. Typical hipster, that I don't think that Visco girls are slightly more annoying. Why aren't there Visco guys?
0: Aren't there E guys, is what it's oh, called? Oh, E boys. E boys, thank you, yes. Yeah, but I feel like, mm, I don't know.
1: But Visco girls are like in your face about it. I feel like hipsters are
0: supposed to be like
1: chill and not, like if you say you're a hipster, you're not a hipster.
0: You know what I mean? I don't know. I find stereotyping people sort of annoying because I actually do want to save the turtles, guys. For real, I do wanna say the turtles. <laughs> and that shouldn't make me a visco girl, that shouldn't make me anything. I think you should like what you like, regardless of the stereotype. Because stereotypes are just harmful to everybody. So if you wanna be a Visco girl, if you wanna be an e-boy, or if you wanna be a hipster, if you wanna be goth, you want whatever you wanna be, if it brings you joy and happiness. I think that you should go for it and just kind of forget what other people have to say because they might not understand the magical, mystical unicorn that you are. So do you, baby? Yes, (laughs) girl.
1: Yes. But it's funny because Visco, I think, actually came from an app. There's an app called Visco that's kind of like Instagram where it had a whole bunch of filters and stuff. Oh. So I only know that because I have it. Because I was like, (laughs) it's a new social media platform that people know about. So I was like, I should probably like get on it and like learn about it in case anyone, I mean, all of my clients are pretty old. So I highly doubt anyone's going to be like, hey, can you
0: set up a disco for me? But who knows? Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, having your media business, you do want to be kind of on that cutting edge. And Mm. you do want to kind of know what the new trends are and everything else. And speaking of trends, you know, podcasting is actually a big trend for millennials specifically. So that's kind of what got me into podcasting was seeing just the explosion of it and kind of wondering, hey, what's this all about? And then as I got into it, we actually were at a Boba Tea shop talking about it. I mean, how stereotypically millennial can you get? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we were at the Boba Tea shop here in Erie, and we just sort of spitballed, and then it kind of grew. And, I mean, we Google Doc some stuff. We emailed some stuff. We text messaged a little bit showed up recorded and had some little uh technical issues
1: yeah um but really i think podcasting is popular because it is i mean what's the difference between this inner radio talk
0: show no commercials yeah but i mean
1: <laughs> it basically it's the same thing i mean you can have commercials anyone want to sponsor us I mean, Please. this is called Hocus Brocus. We'll take yeah. some money. Uh, <laughs> we need
0: some money. Thanks. We have two
1: jobs. We both have two jobs and we still um, are poor. So
0: uh, Unfortunately, going back <laughs> to those student loans, I mean, I hate to sort of, you know, beat a dead horse, but anybody listening to this podcast understands that we were told go to college, you will get a good job, etc., mm-hmm. etc. et cetera. We went to college. We have, you know, stereotypically what used to be really, really, really well-paying jobs. But unfortunately, what has happened is the salaries have not kept up with the cost of living. So while in the 80s and in the 90s, this may have been good salary, we have not kept up with inflation.
1: Like with student loans, I'm literally like there's an option where you can pay like based on your income. Yeah. Yeah and my option is um 0 cuz i'm so poor that i can't afford to pay my student loans like they literally literally like you're so poor that your payment is $0 a month my, my little brother got told 7 dollars a month oh okay i mean i <laughs> i honestly don't expect to ever pay off my student loans and i had $30,000
0: in scholarships too i mean i pled for every scholarship down to uh left-handed scholarship. I'm not even joking about that. I got a scholarship to go to college for five hundred dollars for being left handed. I wrote a little essay about it and I got five hundred dollars for it. I went through and got all the little kind of weird um scholarships that most people don't even think about or know about and I got all of them because both my parents made just enough money not oh to get it. But they didn't make enough money yeah. to really support me through it. So you said you're about 30000 in the hole. And that's about how much I owe is 30000 But I'm lucky enough right now where I can afford the 800 and some dollar payment a month. Although with my new car, which is 350 plus insurance a month, I have had to submit an income-based driven repayment plan, which I'm very bad about at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just got to do what you do. I mean... You can't change what it is. We don't make enough, even though we both have basically two jobs. But, um, I mean, I don't understand why
0: schools are so expensive. Like, I mean, it's a cash cow. They're basically guaranteed payment by the government as long as you qualify for it. And then as soon as they get your money at the beginning of the semester, they don't care. Not saying all schools are like that. Let me put a disclaimer on that before somebody jumps all over these witches here. So don't make we gen- We're gonna make generalizations. It doesn't mean that every single person's that way.
1: Like I might be in- incorrect, but I think that there is no, like, cap. Like they could charge whatever they wanted. Truly, most of them. Right.
0: It depends. If they're a state university, there is a certain, uh, limit because they're government funded, not just like the government funds to send an individual school. Like, these two witches. If you want to be a state school, like, uh, for example, uh, Penn State University or uh, Edinburgh University are both state schools. So because they receive federal funding to remain open and to operate, okay. they're not allowed to charge a certain amount. Where on? Um, let me think, like Fangle College in Pennsylvania is a privately owned college. And they could charge you upwards of $60,000 a year to live on campus and attend there yeah. because they're a private institution.
1: I mean, we have a lot of colleges in the Erie area, and um, Gannon's a private college, right? Yes. Because I know people who have gone there, and they have, like, a 100 grand in student debt. But, like, what? why? So you can – oh, I went to Gannon. That's it? So you can just say that you went there? Like, (coughs) no offense to people who went to Gannon. I'm not trying to, like, be rude. I just feel like, why are they charging so much more? Because they're not getting that government funding, I guess? It's a private institution, so they're allowed to set their own. I guess I just look at that like a hospital. Like, would you want to go to, like, a –
0: a private hospital? It depends on what the private hospital is going to help me with. You know, they might be doing some cutting edge technology. True. Like the Cleveland yeah. Clinic, um, actually near here, did their first um, fetus operation, like in the womb, in, in vitro. And um, it was a spinal surgery and it was successful. It was one of the first um, surgeries centers in America that actually had. Is that considered a private hospital? Um, I know that. Was it UPMC? And this area is private. I'm not sure. The Cleveland Clinic. You'd have to look at their uh, their tax their tax code, and that's actually very important. But it's they're just, nonprofits, though. Well, I mean, so is Ham at UPMC, but that's kind of my point, though, is that to me, a private school is like
1: a for-profit hospital.
0: I don't know because sometimes for-profit hospitals actually offer cutting-edge technologies whereas a private school doesn't necessarily always have to be cutting-edge Do you know what i'm saying yeah they could say um like for example i went to private high school around here and specifically the one i went to when you go there they tell you we are prepping you for college so that when you go your freshman year it's like a cakewalk and i'll tell you right now i'm not saying my freshman year was a cakewalk all around i'm just saying my studies when i went to penn state the first year were massively easier because they were so harsh on their grading, on their scaling, and they had us writing college-level papers in junior year. Whereas, whereas when I kind of looked at a curriculum, because I was in education for a little while after I graduated college, the curriculum was not up to the private, like the private school standard that I went to.
1: Yeah, I was doing the same exact things that you were doing. I mean, I don't know about the grading, but, like, I was in AP classes in junior year Mm -hmm. and senior year. So when I – it's funny because I think they were harder on me than college professors are because once I got to college, I was like, oh, this isn't even
0: hard. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the prep. They make it so hard your junior and senior year. If you're actually taking control of your own education, I feel like your junior and senior year of high school will be the hardest because you're coming to realize – all that effort and energy that you're putting in is going to become so normalized that when you get to college, you already think this is the expectation. It's normal. So when I go in and they expect me to read a chapter before I go in, it's no big deal. Whereas somebody who doesn't have that, perhaps somebody didn't put all the energy and effort into their junior and senior year of high school. They come in and they go, well, they're supposed to teach me this in class. Well, how can they teach you if you don't have the background with which to grasp what they're educating you with?
1: Yeah, I agree, but I guess I'm lucky because my public school offered that, so my parents couldn't pay anything, but mm-hmm. also didn't have to. I'm also lucky because my school was the only school in the township. That definitely
0: makes a huge difference. I feel when there's... It was
1: still derated though. Like, if you look it up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I feel it makes a... I feel and I have seen... make a difference
1: because like here in erie all the schools are like we've shut down so many schools now i'm not from here so i don't know all the names but there's like one mm, technically two two high schools yeah but in erie and that's kind of crazy for all the kids we have But like where i was i was just the one so like i'll talk to my boyfriend about like oh if you forgot your pencil didn't you like didn't they just give you a pencil no they couldn't afford it like well we got free planners with like our school logo and everything on it
0: yeah, that's that was my experience um, in high school. Honestly, was I got the planner given to me? I had the supplies. Um, we had the media labs. We had all that provided because that was part of having a good solid foundation for education. And not only that, it was a college preparatory high school, straight up. And they told you that right off the bat: if you're coming here, don't expect this to be easy on you. This is for college. This is so that when you go, you're prepared, and nothing's gonna be thrown at you that you weren't truly capable of doing Whereas i feel kind of with our school district i i'm seeing sort of kids being like pushed through and it breaks my heart because you can help them it's just there's no money to give to them and i'm wondering where all the funds are going yeah same because i pay school taxes and they are not cheap (laughs) no they're not especially Around here in Erie, if people don't know this, um, it's based off of property taxes.
1: Yeah, it's so minor, like pretty as. I have a, a large lot of land for us for the city at least. So, like, yeah, where's the money going? Mm-hmm. Why why are all these schools getting shut down and my school taxes are going up?
0: What kind of sense does that make? Well, you can't say the schools are being shut down because the old high schools, uh the two ones strong Starr-Vincent and east high school, are now middle schools. But they're still not high schools. They're still only
1: there used to be all these options, mm-hmm. but now we have Academy, which, say, you can't get into. You only you only have one other school.
0: Yeah, uh, Academy has been kind of a staple. It was closed here in Erie in 91, 2 or 3 for a little while because of construction, and then it reopened again. And then it was the same um, before Erie High was Erie High. It was Central Tech, and then before it was Central Tech, it went to just being Central a normal high school. Before that, was Central Tech. So we've had a lot of upheaval here in the past 30 or so years. I know people are sort of acting, hate to say it this way, you're acting brand new. But the fact of the matter is that we've had a lot of changing, especially in the past 30 years, you can't just say, oh, this was all of a sudden put forth. They were talking about a mega high school, which Erie High is now, for 10 plus years. This was put on board minutes It's just now when it finally happened, people feel that they can just come out and complain about it. Well, instead of complaining about it, why don't you just invest yourself and try to make it a success instead of just complaining about it. Do something positive. You knew it was coming down the tubes. You knew it was being talked about. You knew it was being discussed. There were school board meetings, everything leading up to this. So don't complain now if you didn't open up your mouth when it actually mattered.
1: Okay, but I'm not... I know that was not a personal attack, obviously. No,
0: but... no. If it, I'm not <laughs> from here, so I clearly did not know that
1: ahead of time. And I don't have kids now, so technically I could just not care if I wanted to. But <laughs> always care, even if you don't <laughs> I have know, kids. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. And I almost know for 90% that I'm going to have to send them to private school because I personally don't trust the schools here. Even though I'm truly, like, no offense, Siri, but I've heard some bad things. Um, and you can't go to academy in middle school, so. <laughs> but I would like them to get better. I just don't know what I'm supposed to what I, what I can do. To, like, I don't have money to give you IRV, pay taxes.
0: Volunteer your time. There are a lot of people actually that come in and volunteer and do things. And one of the biggest things you can do, I, I'm sorry to get political, y'all, but one of the biggest things you can do is vote for people who want to invest in education.
1: That's the biggest thing. I mean, everybody wants to invest in education.
0: Yeah, but you can also check the records. Like, uh, Fabrizio actually did a really good job on that. He got some money. And um, I know, I'm not going to get too political, but it's one of those things where everybody always goes, well, we want to fix it, but then... But there has to be another way for me to fix it than
1: voting for somebody. Like, I, there has to be a way for me to physically do something myself, mm-hmm. which you're saying, following your time, which I, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. But, like, as millennials, do we... Have that time too. I know that's a,
0: that's the other thing. Going back to the work, we both have two jobs, so we're underneath the gun, sort of. With you have your house, you have your business, you have your other job, you have your boyfriend, and you have all these other things going on. The podcast and you have you YouTube. Know, YouTube. And then on my end, I have my two jobs. I have this podcast. I have, I'm have. i trying to get into roller derby. I'm trying to run all my races. I have my dog. I have my relationship as well. And it's one of those things where you're trying to have so many hats that you're literally walking around with six or seven different hats and going, I got it, I got it. And you, the very top is sort of the witch's hat. And you're you know flying on your broomstick, kind of topsy-turvying. It feels like you're Baba Yaga with – The house on the chicken (laughs) legs. You're you're just kind of like, when is this crazy merry-go-round going to end? Yeah, (laughs) and it does feel like there's going to be an ending, but is there? I mean, it's up to us sort of to say when and where we have the ending. But it also is how many people can you get to kind of focus on one topic when they have just as crazy of a life, just as magical or mystical of a life, and I think what it is, is everybody's heart is in the right place. We just disagree on how to get there. And yeah. we all have a very severe, severe limiter on our time that maybe previous people didn't necessarily have because they had that nine to five and then went home or they went to their bowling leagues or they went to the bars to hang out or they had social clubs and events and everything else. Whereas we're like, what's a social club? Yeah, really. Honestly, <laughs> like you mean Facebook? Oh, like <laughs> snaps all the way through. The mystical, magical media queen over here. I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's about as social as like I get,
1: unfortunately. I mean, we obviously have enough time. Like, we hang out and, I mean, mm-hmm. we met through mutual friends and stuff. And But, like, I always thought, like, okay, when I'm 20, honestly 25, like I am now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, well, I'm in high school, I'm little Sarah. Like, my life will be set. Like, which which I'm lucky. I mean, I have a house. I mean, I definitely could be in a worse situation and stuff like that but I always thought like okay I would have like a really good job and I wouldn't have to worry about money anymore and now I'm 25 and I'm like okay when I'm when I'm 30 that will happen <laughs> <When> 31 <laughs> no but that's like scary I don't know I don't feel like like I don't have I have anxiety and life's already hard enough and now they're for me and now there's all these other things. And it's just like, hmm. I just want to, I don't, I don't want to be, I just want to be in a coma for a little bit.
0: Is that like possible? <laughs> like wake me up in like five years. Like let me take a good old. nap. Same. Sometimes you just get so overwhelmed by sort of the race and understanding that you're going to have your cauldron on your arm. You're going to have your boom on your shoulder. You're going to be like kicking off your witch's shoes and you're going to be running down a familiar and everything else. And, you're just like it really is kind of magical some days that you kind of get through it all and can honestly look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and go, how did I, you know, run to Buffalo yesterday, do fitness training, come here, do a podcast, work my day, run somebody down to Pittsburgh's airport. I mean, it. there's a lot that happens in my day nowadays and they'd say, you know, never compare yourself to anybody because comparison is the thief of all joy. Mm, that's something I struggle with a lot. Yeah, and I think that also is part of our um, anxiety—not necessarily um, anxiety, as in diagnosable, diagnosable, excuse me—but in general, there's sort of yeah, this... everyone has anxiety mm-hmm. to a certain extent. There's a measuring stick that's outdated for success, and we have to reinvent that measuring stick Ooh, let's define success Winnie what is success to you let's put it this way I am such a stereotypical millennial success to me means that I'm happy healthy whole and working towards the goals that I've set so that they are achievable and being my age at 31 right now I understood a little bit later in my 20s I'd say about 28 29 um I very much actively and consciously made a decision that no matter what goes on I am going to be happy doesn't mm-hmm. matter and uh, that has been my mindset since I was about 28 years old. I've actively woken up and been like, you know what? Today might be horrible. Today might be uh, a deer runs into my car. Yada yada yada. I mean, knock on wood. You know, put a little bit of magical powder in the front Have of my car. You ever seen *Gilmore
1: Girls*? Everybody's seen *Gilmore Girls*. <laughs>
0: Everybody. There's that
1: episode where Rory's late for school and then a deer runs into her car. And she's like, a deer hit my car. And everyone's like, a deer hit your car. That's what that made me think of. I was the deer. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess success for me is kind of different. Like, obviously, I want to be happy. But, like, I guess my goal in life is to make other people happy and help them. Because there's so many people in the world struggling with things. And I think we don't take enough time to understand each other
0: preach but you know it's one of those things where everybody says um, we wish that we communicated better but there's communication and then there's comprehension and I think a lot of people nowadays understand that we need to communicate better more clearly more effectively more efficiently but that comprehension part is what usually trips people up and instead of realizing oh I'm not quite comprehending correctly we get that Snap, and we t- kind of release a little bit of the demon in us, and I think everybody's guilty of snapping too quick on something instead of going whoa um, That's like a big flaw of mine, actually. Yeah.
1: Like sometimes I, it's hard sometimes though because everyone's so different, and I am still young, obviously. And I think everyone thinks like me
0: sometimes,
1: which that, is hard.
0: That's not the a, a wrong way of going about it. I mean. I hate to say it this way, but we are the center of our own universes. And at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, do we want to be congenial? Yes. Do we want to help other people? Yes. Do we want to share our happiness and our gifts with other people? Yes. But we can't overshare to the point where our glasses are completely empty.
1: I completely agree, but it does make it harder to, for example, in a relationship. I've been with my boyfriend for six and a half years, and I'm very like, ah! He's very, like, <laughs> he's very lo- logical. And so nine, not, not that we fight a lot, but 90% of our arguments are because of misunderstandings because he'll say something and I'll take it personally to the emotional level when he was just saying something logically that had no emotional base to it. So I think like a really hard thing, I go to therapy. So one of the things I'm working on in therapy. Hold
0: on, hold on. Everybody give her snaps for, for <laughs> going and getting help. There is no stigma yeah, when you get help. Can, me yeah, honestly, and if you're here in Erie, there are free options. Please go and get it. If you broke your arm, you'd go to the doctor and get it set. Same thing with your brain. If you feel that you're overwrought or you feel that you can't handle it, please go and seek help and the social stigma when it comes to that stuff.
1: Yeah, but um, so in therapy, I've been working on kind of not taking things Personally, for example, to kind of go back to the whole work thing um, with my new job, people are being kind of, uh, I hope they don't hear this, but they're being kind of snappy. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm new. Um, I also work at the front desk. I'm a receptionist, so I think they just like to blame people instead of taking responsibility.
0: A little bit of a scapegoat type of situation. Yeah.
1: And I honestly had a panic attack last week and just left because I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, you're paying me $11 an hour. It's not enough to yell at me every five minutes. So <laughs> I went to therapy.
0: and oh, Sorry, go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, she basically, like, helped me figure out that the reason why it upsets me so much is because I go to the extreme. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, this person yelled at me. I'm going to get fired. Mm. Instead of just seeing it as, oh, that person's obviously just having a bad day or doesn't want to take responsibility. So today, someone yelled at me three times. About the same thing. And I laughed at them. And I felt pretty good
0: about myself. (laughs) That is such a millennial (laughs) response. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Y'all. You understand how it is. If you're in our age group. Where laughing is almost a coping mechanism. I feel like. Because there is so much vehemence Sometimes at you. Whereas you can't acknowledge it emotionally. Because that damages your mental psyche. And that damages your attitude. And how you relate to other people. So sometimes. Especially like verbally yelling at somebody at their job is never appropriate. I don't care if they're they're your cashier. I don't care if they're the CEO of a company. I don't care if they're the janitor. I don't care if they're your doctor. You don't scream at somebody. Nobody ever gets paid enough to be that disrespected and that verbally abused. That's inappropriate in any sort of professional setting. Because they're never, there's never anything in a contract that says you're allowed to demean and demoralize somebody. And you probably need to go to therapy to deal with that. Yeah, but it's happened to every single job I've had besides, obviously,
1: the business I own.
0: They need therapy themselves. I mean, they do. They, I mean, <laughs> I think
1: everybody should go to therapy if you can afford it or can find the resources to go. I mean, it's honestly one of the best things I've ever done for myself. I think the hardest part, though, not to like get off track, mm-hmm. is... Finding a therapist that true with wow because right now I have a therapist that honestly feels like a friend. Like I know I know boundaries obviously, but um I just connect with her really well. And a lot of people tell me because I'm gonna be 26 soon and I have insurance in my new job, but they're like, you know, there's free stuff, and I'm like, yeah, but it's not that therapist, and I won't feel the same, and it won't have the same effect because I I trust her, and I think that's difficult too because so. I feel like sometimes, from what I've heard, I haven't gone to free services, that those therapists aren't always the best.
0: Well, they're overrun if you yeah, think about it. Yeah, that's right mean. Yeah, it's just like um, caseworkers nowadays. Caseworkers are not supposed to have the load that they have. The statistic is something like cert, uh, sixty-two cases to one caseworker. And how can you? I've in- seen way more than that. Oh, that's the average that I found. Obviously, yeah. there's more, and there's a. But think about it. We don't have enough caseworkers to work things that the government has said, Hey, this deserves one-on-one attention. And then if you go to sort of a therapist who has maybe 62 clients and that's their base minimum for the week, how are you going to be able to get in there and get good one-on-one when the only time they concentrate on you is, Oh, you know, Sarah's coming in at this hour. So let me look at her notes really quick. That way I don't. Yeah, they don't
1: get to know you. And yeah. the thing is, my therapist owns her own business. So it's just her. Mm-hmm. And she, so she gets to pick how many clients she wants and stuff like that. So it's very one-on-one. I, she doesn't even, she takes notes, but, and she literally remembers situations that I tell her about that I don't even remember. Oh. So it's like, it's like oh yeah, I forgot that happened. Maybe she's a witch. Oh, probably. <laughs>
0: maybe. <laughs> but I was going to say, um. Going back to um, the emotionality that you're sort of dealing with, I actually had to learn to um, understand people who do emotions-first communication because I am a logical creature. I'm still a feeling creature, and I hate it when people think that if you say you're logic-first, you're emotionless.
1: No, because my – sorry, boyfriend, but my boyfriend has cried on multiple occasions around me, and he's a very logical-based person.
0: Yes, but when people hear that you're logic-first, they think that you're very uh, cool, and they're biased, very much shows in the way that they relate to you, especially for myself, because when you present me with a situation, I'm not a let's complain about it, let's cry about it type of witch. I'm uh let's get the spell book out and figure out which potion or which spell we can kind of implement to get the results that you want because okay complaint problem way to fix the problem resolution what resolution do you want from what's bothering you right now and what i sort of do to become a little more relatable i guess to people who are emotions first person is um do you want me to listen or do you want me to advise and i sort of ask that beforehand because my first reaction is Let's solve this thing because that's how I show I care. That's how I show my emotions. And that's how I show my emotional attachment and my compassion to somebody is let me help you fix this. That's
1: really, really, that's like actually really interesting to me because my boyfriend's the same as you. Like he doesn't complain about it. He's like, let's fix it. And I never thought that that was him showing how he cared. It was trying to give me advice.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a different form of communication. And again, right here is a perfect example of, now we have comprehension, even with you talking a little bit about emotions first. I actually went, guys out there, all my witches and wizards, I actually did a bunch of research. I'm communications marketing, but I did a bunch of research at the beginning of the year to better understand and better relate to people. Because at first, with the emotional thing, I didn't get it. And it would cause me, as a logic-thinking person, to step back from somebody and be like, whoa, and I don't know what's We would not be able to be friends on. if
1: you did that. We would have...
0: No. Not woe in a negative thing, <laughs> but woe as in like a mental... like Shut down, yeah. I, not, not shut down, a mental step back, because I need to observe why you're so upset. And if it has to do with me, then how did I cause it? And I should apologize first. But I need that one second to go, oh no, she's crying. Why is she crying? Is it something I said? Is it something that's going on? Is she crying because of a text message she got?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I definitely have emotions first. And I, if something happens that... Not necessarily a like a friend does, but like happens at work. Like I have to cry about it first before I think about a solution, because if I cry about it, then I can logically think about it. So mm-hmm. I kind of just have to like get that like oh my like because I don't get mad, I mm-hmm. cry. Like I don't ever get mad.
0: Oh, that's frustration crying, huh? Yeah, like so I don't ever get mad. Like oh I'm so mad right now. Like I just like <laughs> cry all of oh, a sudden so thunderclaps from the sky, you know that Sarah's mad. <laughs> yeah, so it's hard because I never
1: really show any other emotion between besides like happy and sad. So that, but I mean, that, that <laughs> in there is other people
0: who are logical just can't tell the difference. I mean, I think that, I do a pretty good job of telling the difference. My thing is that I don't want to engage that emotion because what it's going to do. And this is what I've seen. When I've engaged somebody, let's say that they're super excited and I'm not talking like, oh, like, yay, like handcuff. I'm talking like almost like toddler on sugar excited. And I go, well, that's a little too much for me. So I'm going to m- remain a mental step back and I'm not going to match that energy because that's too much for me personally. So then that person usually ends up coming down off that excitement, whatever that excitement is, and matching my energy because I'm not feeding into it. And that might be part of my educational background as well and my training there. Because I had to... Work so you're with-
1: telling me if you saw, like, Lauren Graham, you wouldn't
0: be flipping out. Don't even know who that is. Not unless you give me what she does. She's Lorelai Gilmore. Gilmore. I don't know actors. I don't know actresses.
1: Okay, well, she plays Lorelai Gilmore. So if Lorelai Gilmore came in here, you would just be like, mm. Cool.
0: I don't have a freak-out reaction to meeting any sort of star, or any sort of, like, big personality. I'm very calm. Because I feel like... If you're going to fangirl out and scream, like, ah, I'm not saying, like, everybody does that, but I wouldn't like that. So, if I don't like something at myself, I wouldn't react that way to somebody else. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I
1: went to a Taylor Swift concert two years ago, and I cried when she came out. Yay! I didn't scream. but I I love (laughs) T-Swift. But I just, like, cried. But I don't don't want someone to cry
0: at me, I guess, but I couldn't help it there's nothing wrong. And that's also part of the communication and comprehension. Everybody is different. And I think that we should assign value and make sure that we acknowledge somebody for their emotions, for their logic first. And I think that's how we become better people, better communicators, better people able to comprehend and educate is that I'm realizing, Hey, this is how this person thinks and they might not understand how I think, but if I extend that olive branch out and go, Hey, Hey, you know, this is me and this is me extending my olive branch up by understanding where you're coming from and trying to match your energy and trying to understand this or this is what I do. I think it makes the world a little bit of a better place and maybe a little bit more happiness because people want to feel understood.
1: Yeah. I think it's really hard sometimes, though, with when there's logical and I some for some reason attract logical people like i don't have many emotional friends
0: uh i don't know because i have emotional thinking and logical thinking friends like the my um my Sort of boyfriend, because we're sort of in that. I was going to ask, because you said relationship before. Yeah. And
1: I was going to say, wait, does that mean it's official? But then I was like, "Mm, maybe we'll talk
0: about it after the podcast. It's it's sort of official, sort of not. But is it Facebook official? It's not Facebook official. Then it's not not official. Okay, I'm sorry, y'all. Okay, so context, guys. Winnie's been a single lady for about two to three years. I took, like I said, about 28 years old, I decided I was going to be happy. And that happiness included honestly being a little selfish,
1: which is awesome. I mean, every
0: woman should be able to say, I just want to be single
1: mm-hmm.
0: and not care. Exactly. So I just decided, and I was in uh, two long-term relationships, and I just decided I was going to do some stuff by myself. Not now, at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> 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 she don't play that at all. But um, <clears throat> thank you for clarifying, sister. <laughs> Made me almost sound really bad there. <laughs> But um, I kind of did my own thing for those prolonged periods of time. I really invested in um, my fitness. I started doing distance running. Like I said, I kind of got into roller derbying, which I really want to get back into. And I really got my head on straight. Not that I didn't accept who I was beforehand. But there's a difference between I accept who I am versus, wow, I'm really being comfortable with who I am. Like you kind of just sit there and you go, oh, look, like there's cellulite on my legs. Cool whatever, like, every woman has it, and I think that everybody needs a little bit of time to themselves, just a little bit, because I'm an extreme extrovert, and this is even, you know, me saying as an extreme extrovert, take a little bit of time to yourself. See, I've never had time to myself, like, you're saying, like, I'm single, I live
1: by myself, or whatever, like, Mm -hmm. because I went from home to college to living with my boyfriend, but... Within the last year, I used to hate being alone. My boyfriend takes a lot of trips for work, mm-hmm. which is part of his job. And I used to hate when he left so badly because Aww. I don't <laughs> – because I don't I, – well, at least I didn't know a lot of people near you. I'm not from here. My family's not here. So I would literally just be alone. But for about six months, I was un- kind of unemployed. I had my own business, but like I wasn't having—I didn't have a second job. <laughs> Those multiple hats come in.
0: You take off one of the seven, and you're like, "Oh no, I need another one." Yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, I spent all my time alone at home during the day until he got home around five or six, depending on when he was working. And I honestly loved it. And now. When he he just went to a trip recently, I was like, yeah, I'm getting that alone time. (laughs) And everyone who did that before, I'd be like, wow, you must really not love that person.
0: But now I see that that's not the case. It just Mm -hmm. means that you also love yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, just having even an evening to yourself with, if you don't have a familiar like a kitty cat or a dog or your turtle or whatever even a little bit of time by yourself or you go out on your walk for your lunch where you kind of get a little bit of time, even 10 minutes, you know, a few times a week is still self-care and still self-love. I'm not saying you have to go out and get your nails done, your did, all that good stuff. Just a little bit of time where you get kind of a mental reset for yourself. I feel it's extraordinarily healthy.
1: Yeah. My boyfriend is um, five years older than me. So, um, I mean, it's not—it's—it's it's enough difference to where he learned things before me, mm-hmm. and I think he got like I used to get mad when he wanted to be alone. Well. Like, why don't you want to be around me? And I'm glad I understand now. So I take um, sometimes I'll go to quote bed early because I'm not actually going to bed.
0: I'll go upstairs and <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I love that. That is such a generational thing. I'm going to bed. Sits on cell phone or yeah. iPad for like two but hours. But I don't. I don't. I put away
1: electronics.
0: Yes. And so this is n- not that often, maybe
1: once a week. And I go upstairs and I put on like a freaking dollar store face mask because I'm broke. <laughs> and I read a book in bed before he comes upstairs for about an hour.
0: There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's, again, ex- a self care. I think it's extraordinarily healthy. And I think as we sort of progress in our lives, we start to realize that we can't pour from an empty cup to be cliche. You have to make sure to put in those ingredients so that you have that elixir to kind of drink every day versus, you know, dumping out. There's a little dump for work. There's a little bit of dump for walking around. Here's a little bit of dump for family. Here's a little bit more for your friends. Here's a little bit more because something bad happened during the day, but you're not going to let it ruin the day. That still takes a little bit out of your beaker, as it were. And that self-care, even that that dollar, general dollar store mask, that is something that you can do for yourself. Where you're not spending $40, $50 on getting your hair done or going out and buying a new shirt, but you spend a buck and you put a mask on or you bought a book on your e reader or you bought a physical
1: copy of yeah, the book. Yeah, this is a real book. I do listen to audiobooks in the car. No I, judgment. <laughs> that one, but I have to have physical copies of books. I don't like reading on the screen. It hurts my eyes, which is ironic. Maybe it's because I am staring. Yeah, she has one right here. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's because I stare at it. I mean, you do too, but my first and second child are both staring at a screen all day and I do it a lot so I think disconnecting for a little bit makes me really happy
0: I think that's also a great point when it comes to self care is the disconnection as well we were talking about the face mask the books everything for myself I got my e-reader I have a kindle because I travel a lot so I can't always take a big thick heavy book
1: I, with I also me. appreciate the saving of paper I, I buy all my books
0: used mm-hmm the used bookstore here in erie oh what is it called oh my gosh books galore if you're ever in erie pennsylvania check out books galore it's all local there's also that warner books oh yeah and then uh, what's the other one that's down the lower west side it's near um it's near lawrence park
1: oh i don't know i've only been to lawrence park a few times just
0: for the diner to be
1: honest i think it's called Prest or something there's a lot oh, of press no that's over here
0: oh you're right it is over here
1: you don't know where we are, but it's cool <laughs> stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, it's a uh, I would say the But low- that's not used.
1: That's yes. new. I don't know. I just I have become very self-aware of what I use. Mhm. And I'm trying, I mean, I've always recycled, but I'm like real serious about it now and the straws and the paper. Like when you said you wanted to fit we have a script not a script, but like a layout of generally about what we talk about. We're basically ignoring it right now. <laughs> <laughs> true story. True but story. you wanted a physical copy, which I'm not like, being rude about or anything. But to me, I was like, well, I'll just use my phone because I don't want to waste the paper.
0: And again, we're staring at two screens right here. And then we edit, we have to stare at a screen. And then when I'm at work, I have to yeah. stare at a screen. And my other job. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So Yeah, I am that way. And then uh, not to mention, you know, we thought we were done going back originally to what Sarah mentioned. Um, so she deleted it off, which is completely yeah, fine. Yeah. It's completely fine because we thought we were done. And then we ran into technical difficulties. So the physical copy actually was a good call. And for me personally, when I do something where I invest time, energy, effort, resources into, I like to have a little bit of a memento. So this isn't going into the trash. So don't everybody come up for me with pitchforks.
1: I mean, no, don't come for her up.
0: remember sarah's the emotional one she'll (laughs) she'll come after you i'm also the
1: oldest sister so i'm always like "Mm, don't mess with my friends and people i hear about
0: yeah see she would she'd be the firecracker over there i'd be like the cold calm one over in the corner like get it out because i'm about to get you later and i'm not gonna feel bad about getting (laughs) you later because i'm an older sister and i'm one of the oldest cousins like i'll get you and i'll get you to the point where it's gonna hurt and it's going to hurt for a long time because I'm very protective of my family. I'm very protective of my friends. Yeah. Do you think that's like an older sibling thing? I definitely think it is because you're put in charge. And I think that's something that you and I both probably heard growing up a lot is.
1: Yeah. Protect. You're in charge. You're yeah. in charge. At school, if there was a bully, my mom would be like, go, go talk to that bully and tell that bully to leave your brother alone. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yeah, and, you know what, I did, I was like, you gotta, I was nice about it though, I was like, just so you know, this is my brother, and um, and a kid, I, as a kid, I was, I mean, I'm still fat, but, <laughs> like, <H-A-T>. as, a, <laughs> as a kid, I was bigger than a lot of other kids, so I think it kind of scared, them. like, I wasn't, you know, I was just like,
0: hey, that's my brother, just like, yeah, yeah, as a kid, I was, like, a twig, I was sickeningly thin because I played soccer and I'm a lifelong dancer, so I basically had nothing on me because I was always so physically active. So let me see. I was four foot nine in kindergarten when I went in. I was one of the tallest kids. Wait, but, in kindergarten? Yep, I was four foot nine in kindergarten. I don't kindergarten even know how tall I was in kindergarten because they uh, they have that whole entire projection for how tall, tall you're gonna be. be like, Not that tall, no. no, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm five foot. I'm five foot nine. I'm five five. Exactly, and people still it's that force of personality. They'll um like wow oh, they think you're like cute or something not that you're no. not cute but i mean i think your personality is like they make they always think like wow like why are you so short and i'm like i've always been five foot guys you just think that i'm bigger because of the personality and i bet you get the same thing too when you're talking to somebody they're like wait what how tall are you actually
1: that's never happened to me i guess i'm t- one inch taller than the average woman so that's okay just amazon <laughs> goddess over t- here t- no i wish like, no. honestly <laughs> if i could be like like five nine that'd be awesome
0: just like just some amazonian goddess just like palms yeah, guy's I head think of, i like this is me like think about how much more food i could eat oh, <laughs> dude so goals right there so much goals that's the reason why i work out as hard as i do is because then i, can I sit. just eat and
1: just don't
0: yeah if, <laughs> we're gonna have a whole entire food podcast about
1: oh my god we should do like a asmr like like, would you guys be down for that mook let us ball. know <laughs>
0: non-visual <mook ball>. <laughs> <laughs> yes just sit here with my little like like <sighs> sippy, sippy. <laughs> there you go exactly ah hey if y'all are down for it just let us know and by the way if you want to find us we're also on facebook if you're really into it
1: yeah and we will have instagram soon um the problem is that instagram won't let me add another account so i have to like log out of one which is really annoying. Instagram. Get that fixed. For real. Whoever owns Instagram, I don't even know. Do your job. Get it easier. But since we're talking about body
0: image, I think that's a good place to end because our next podcast is actually about body image. Looking at the witch in the mirror. Yes. All right. So, until next time, this is Winnie. And this is Sarah. And we hope that you have a very lovely day night and a happy halloween yes get out there and if a kid comes to your door and you think they're too old give them the candy anyway yeah for real all right bye y'all